Welcome to the Truly Nourished Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women heal their relationships with food and transform how they nourish themselves in body, in mind, and in soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that help you find your peace with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. If you're ready to feel like a truly nourished woman, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful listeners. In this week's episode, I'm sharing a Q&A session I did live in my Facebook group a few weeks ago. A member had asked some very specific questions about a situation around her body image that brought up old emotional wounds, which then led to several weeks of emotional eating. It was a fabulous question that allowed me to riff on several topics around body image, around understanding emotions, processing emotions, accessing more personal power and resiliency around triggers so that emotional eating does not happen. I share a lot of juicy stuff that's super important for finding peace with your body and with food. And if you're someone who gets triggered emotionally, especially by body image stuff, and then ends up eating to numb or distract from processing feelings, this will be a great listen for you. Thank you for being here. Enjoy. So the first question is, she says, maybe not a specific question, but rather a conversation I'm still having with myself. Facing my triggers and in the spirit of accepting myself as I am right now and getting out there and doing what I want now. So I went to my 40th high school reunion I've done so much processing and healing from those painful school days with all the teasing because of my size. I took on the hurt and rejection as my identity. My journey the past few years with a new sense of self self and acceptance of myself right now, I decided to go. I was very proud of myself and thought I was secure within myself really surprised how much insecurity still bubbled up. I've been binging the past few weeks. Did I make a mistake? Was I trying to prove myself to my classmates? Was I lacking in an area of self-nourishment to trigger binges again? I'm slowly getting back to the eating choices that are best for me, unpacking what this situation has to teach me and grow me. Well, that is the most important thing. So yay for that. So let's just look at this. There's a lot here. One of the things that you mentioned is facing my triggers and the spirit of accepting myself as I am right now and getting out there. So congratulate yourself for getting out there and facing triggers. I truly believe that the only way that we overcome these types of triggers is to play on our edges, meaning getting out there and doing the things that probably will make us uncomfortable in some way. So that's huge. Congratulate yourself for doing that. Be super proud of yourself. Um, Accepting myself as I am right now. Well, let's also say you're always and forever going to accept yourself no matter what. So let's just make that a little bit of a stronger statement. It's great. Like I'm accepting myself as I am right now. But let's just also say that I accept myself no matter what. Okay? Uh, So you went to your reunion. You had not gone for a long, long time. So it sounds like it's something that you really, really wanted to do. Like it was a true desire. Like your heart was really calling you to do it. Um, So that's good. If that wasn't the case, if it was more like a should then that wouldn't be good because we only want to really do things that are our true desires. We don't want to should on ourselves. Oh, I should go. I better go. Now, let me just distinguish that. Like sometimes, you know, we have to go out of our comfort zone. That's a good thing. And it's something that we really, truly desire to do, but it's a little bit uncomfortable. But because it's a true desire, we're, we're willing to go out of our comfort zone and do it. 
There's other times where things just aren't true desires, but we're shooting. And therefore, then whenever we do things out of feeling obligation or expectation of others, what are what will other people think if I don't go? That kind of that never is to our advantage. That's not how we want to live if we want to be feeling like we're truly nourished women in the world, like as the empress of our empire, the leader of our life. We don't want to ever do things just feeling like obligated or like it's a should. We want it to be a true desire. So just also reflect on that. Was it a true desire or was it feeling more like a should or an obligation to go? Now, if it was a true desire, that's wonderful. You played on your edges. It was a little bit uncomfortable for you to go, but you did. And so it's a lot of old memories, though, that are associated with high school. Um, You have experiences of being teased back then. And at that time, you felt hurt because you made a meaning, right? And these are all normal and natural things, but let's talk about why you felt hurt. Anytime we feel hurt by something that someone or some someone does to us or says to us is because we're making a meaning about it. We're creating a story in our head. So at that time back in high school, you created a story that it meant something about you. They're teasing me because of my size. And then you automatically defaulted to making a meaning that your body is wrong in some way or that you're not good enough in some way, which is false. But it's the meaning you chose to make at that time, probably because you didn't have access to another way of thinking about it because that was just maybe what had been taught to you through either family or through just culture out there. Because, you know, in our culture, there is body stigma, right? That's hugely prevalent. But we want to remember that just because some things may be culturally prevalent or just because we maybe learned it from somewhere that there's a right size and a wrong size body, that doesn't mean it's true. So... But getting back to you felt hurt because you made that meaning that you weren't right in some way, that your body was wrong. Um, You felt rejected, like you felt like you were not being accepted by your peers at that time in high school. You felt like um, that maybe then also with that, that you didn't belong somewhere or that, you know, there's all sorts of things that your mind probably did at that time, right? To make it feel like rejection because rejection is a feeling that itself is not real either in the sense that the only way you can ever be rejected is if you reject yourself. That's what it comes down to. And at that time, it sounds like That's what you did. And when we're in our younger years, and if we haven't ever learned these things or gone through any sort of personal development, we will also carry that into our adulthood where where we will continue to be hurt and feel rejected by the opinions of others, by the actions of others. But what we have to remember is that we are sovereign and that we are the leaders of our lives and the leaders of ourselves. So we now when we're wiser, get to decide, am I going to choose to keep rejecting myself? Am I continue? Am I going to continue to create stories that are hurtful to me? Because you are 100% in control about that story. So it's now simply deciding that I'm choosing not to fall into old dramas. I'm choosing not to suffer in my life. I'm willing to accept feelings like it, like you said, things bubbled up. We want to 100% accept our feelings, but we don't want to continue to ruminate in stories from our past that are not serving us. We have to literally step in and just say no. Our brain will want to loop. Our brain will want to ruminate. 
Our brain will want to tell stories, the old stories. It's our job, though, to step in and be like, no, I don't tolerate that for myself anymore. I have new standards for how I think about myself and as far as what I allow to run rampant in my mind. So going on to proud, you were feeling proud of yourself. Yes, you absolutely should. But you were surprised with how much insecurity still bubbled up. And that's okay because these things get stored in our subconscious. You know, those memories, those, the memories of the feeling, like the feelings, a trigger is literally a, a feeling just comes out of nowhere, like an uncomfortable feeling. And that's because of a past experience your body has stored that so what we have to remember when we're experiencing these triggers when we're just experiencing these feelings or we're uncomfortable in a situation and it reminds us of a past event that that feeling is not a fact feelings are feelings thoughts are thoughts facts are facts thoughts are not facts feelings are not facts they just are what they are Feelings and emotions are just energy coursing through our body. Thoughts are just energetic forms that course through our brain based on whatever our neural pathways are doing at that time. We can have all sorts of stories we tell ourselves, but that doesn't mean it's a fact. Like the whole thing about um, you created a story about feeling like that made you feel hurt and rejected. That's not a truth, right? But you created a story that made you feel that way. You could have also, and now today, you can create a new story that I don't abandon myself. I don't fall into other people's opinions. I don't need other people's approval. I don't have to defend my body. I can be who I am. I don't have to earn anything from the outside world. I can just love myself. And approve of myself. So those are the new types of stories that you have to be tapping into. This is like a new standard you have to set for yourself is I no longer fall victim to the old stories. The feelings might come like the triggers might come and that's okay. But we have to remember to not make them facts. They're just feelings. So are you willing to just feel Are you willing to just process instead of falling into the old patterns and stories? Are you willing to set a new standard for myself that when you notice these, whether it's old thinking patterns coming up or old behavior patterns like the binging coming up, are you willing to step into a new standard for yourself and be like, no, that's not what I do anymore? Feel the feelings, of course. Let that energy course through you. Do what you need to do to process that energy. Maybe it's writing out everything that's in your mind. If your mind is really busy and you're ruminating a lot and you're just kind of spinning upstairs, that's when you get out a journal and a pen and paper and you just dump out your brain so that it clears. That helps the energy to clear. Get it out. The other way that we process energy, which is just emotions and feelings, is moving our body. Because once again, it's just energy coursing through our body. So moving our body, such as maybe going for a walk or exercising in some way or just dancing, just getting up and moving around, whatever, singing, anything that is using your body, listening to music, anything that's going to shift your vibrational state. When an emotion is coursing through our body, our body is in a certain vibrational state. And so anytime we want to shift our emotions, let's do things to shift the energy in our body, like I just mentioned. Those are tools. Do whatever works for you, you know, and try them all. (laughs) You know, use use whatever feels right in that moment, whether it's pen to paper dumping it out, getting the thoughts out to clear energy, whether it's literally moving your body to shift your state, shifting your physical state will shift your emotional state. Um, 
So that's, that's just tips for feeling your feelings, like, especially when it's really strong, and you just feel stuck in it. And maybe the mind keeps chattering and the feelings just keep coming up and the stories are just so strong and prevalent in the moment. That's when you need to really just go shift your state. You need to get out of whatever you're doing, wherever you're ruminating, get up and move your body, get out of the house, go do something different, sing, dance, all the things like I just mentioned. Whatever it takes to shift your state, you will you'll feel better. And when you start to feel better and you're more neutral again, you'll start to think better and you won't be so... Um, convinced by the stories you won't you'll be able to like separate yourself more from those old stories that are still making you feel those feel old feelings that's what I have to say about that um the other thing that I want to say so like well then you ask did I make a mistake because you so so you instead of feeling your feelings you know that it's okay to have the feelings you really attach to them. You really attach to the stories and you were probably really uncomfortable. And rather than just processing the feelings and just seeing them as feelings and not facts, you escaped from the discomfort. So you went to food, which is a pattern. And that's okay too. Like there's no wrongs here. But so glad that you're doing the learning and the reflection, right? That's the most important thing going forward. But just recognize that you did not make a mistake by going to the reunion and your feelings were not a mistake. It's just that you were not willing at that time to sit and process them, sit with them and process them or to move through them. Like I say sit and process, but like I just mentioned, like go out and go for a walk or get out of the house and, you know, just shift your state. Instead, you just fell into the old pattern and that's okay. But I want you to remember going forward that when these triggers come up to remember, shift my state, move my body, get out, do something sing, dance, play music, whatever it is to move that energy in your body. Um, Write it out before you eat, dump it out, what's in your head, all the feelings, all the thoughts. Like set yourself up for success for next time to remember this is my step-by-step process. And before I go to food, I do all these other things first. And I guarantee you, that if you do some of these other things first before you just automatically go to the food, things to shift the emotions and release that energy from the body, then you're not going to have that strong urge to go to the food. So no, you did not make a mistake by going to the reunion. It's actually a really, really wonderful thing. But you just have to continue to practice processing emotions instead of stuffing them down. So was I trying to prove myself to my classmates? That's only a question you can answer. Yeah, so you just have to be really, really honest with yourself. And this kind of goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning. Were you going to this reunion because you truly, truly wanted to in your heart? Or were you going just because you were trying to prove something to yourself or to your classmates? You don't have to prove anything to anybody and you don't have to prove anything to yourself except that the only thing you have to prove to yourself is that you can feel feelings and not be taken out by them. That is the practice. So I would suggest continue to put yourself in these situations that are uncomfortable if if they're truly what you want. To not let uncomfortable situations ever stop you from doing what you really want to do and instead committing to, okay, I'm going to put myself in these situations so that I can practice feeling my feelings. That's why you want to go into these situations. So something that I would recommend 
is to think of any situation you could put yourself in your life going out to do something, wherever a potential trigger around your body would come up and just play on that edge. Have your own back and just be like, I can feel these feelings. Like have that trust in yourself. Feel that safety within yourself. That feelings are just feelings. They're just energy coursing through your body. They are not facts. And just have the willingness to be with the feelings because the more you're able to put yourself in situations, like I literally wish you could go to a reunion every day (laughs) and just practice feeling the feelings because the more you're able to put yourself in situations that'll bring up these feelings and the more you're able to just practice sitting with them, those triggers are going to completely go away. That's how we get over our triggers. We literally put ourselves in situations to get triggered. And then we practice, like, in a deliberate way, like, I'm doing this because I'm going to practice feeling these feelings. And when we're willing to do that without falling into our coping mechanisms, when we're willing to just practice feeling, those triggers go away. So eventually you'll be able to put yourself in any sort of situation that in the past was triggering and it won't be triggering anymore. But the only way you get to that place is to play on your edges, so to speak, and to put yourself in situations that are potentially going to bring up the triggers. So be super, super proud of yourself. You just, the only thing you have to continue to do is to put yourself, like, don't be afraid now. What I don't want to have happen for you is to be like, oh, I played on my edge and I went out and did this thing. And uh, then though I started binging. So therefore, I never can go out and make myself uncomfortable and like face my discomfort again. That's not what I want you to do. I want you to be courageous and continue to put yourself into situations so that you can practice feeling your feelings because that is the only way the triggers are going to stop. In addition to choosing to set a new standard for yourself that you're no longer going to tolerate these stories from yourself, these old stories from the past that bring up hurt and rejection, that you're no longer going to entertain those stories and you get to now decide to love yourself, to approve of yourself, to approve of your body. No one else's opinion matters ever. Only your opinion of yourself matters. So that's what you have to work on is you're just your own opinion of yourself. Okay, so then another question was, was I lacking in an area of self-nourishment to trigger binges again? Well, let's look at that. So possibly just be curious about this. Only you can answer this. Going into going to the reunion, did you start restricting in in any sort of way as far as your eating? Did you fall into that what we call diet mentality where days or even weeks before you were maybe trying to lose weight by cutting back in a certain way or by changing your eating in a certain way? So from the body nourishment perspective, Did you change your eating leading up to the event? And changing your eating is not the problem. But if you did, my guess is the motivation behind that was or would have been the problem. Because the motivation would have been like, I... I'm not acceptable as I currently am. Therefore, and it, you know, so this is just something to look at. I have no idea if this happened for you, but if you started to restrict or deprive in even the smallest way, that could have, after the reunion, contributed to the binging because after the reunion, there would have been some relief. There was 
the triggers that happened, but there also could have been this other aspect of it if you had fallen into that diet mentality to, oh, I better eat good over the next few weeks so that I, you know, for whatever reason, like sometimes if we have a strong history of dieting, this can be almost we're not even conscious of it, but when we're going on a vacation or to an event or something where we want to show up as our best form, right? We'll crack down on ourselves in a certain way and and maybe shift our eating. So if that did happen for you, whether it was unconscious or conscious, that definitely would have contributed to binging after the reunion because there would have been some relief like, oh, now it's done. Even though these old triggers are coming up, there was also maybe a relief of like, well, I did it. Now I can just relax and eat all the things that maybe I was kind of restricting a little bit up until the day of the reunion. So that's just something to be curious about as far as looking at your eating prior. Now, as far as mind nourishment, yes, absolutely. You There was areas you were lacking in self-nourishment because you clearly fell into the old stories because you kept on binging because you said you've been binging the past few weeks. Like if you had had just like one random emotional eating episode after the event, maybe then it would have just literally been a temporary like stuffing down of the feelings. But if the binging continued, that means you were definitely not nourishing your mind in a way that served you. You were really listening to those old stories and having them feel true for you rather than managing your mind and being like, no, I don't fall into that story anymore. I now have this new standard for how I think about myself and how I think about my body. Okay, so yeah, definitely some mind nourishment shifts were needed. And then... You know, soul nourishment, does that apply here? As far as I, it absolutely does. Because thinking about following your joy, doing the things that really light you up in life, nourishing your soul in all the little ways and also the big ways. And going to this reunion could have been a soul nourishing activity if it was truly a heart's desire, right? Now, it could have been a soul-depriving activity if it felt like it was out of obligation or because I have to prove myself. So that's something to also be curious about. Because if you were doing this as a should out of obligation or feeling this urge that I have to prove myself, so therefore I'm going to show up, that's a very soul-depleting like soul, it's, it's not nourishing at all to your soul. That's very depleting. So that's the only you can answer that. But if it was like, oh my gosh, I really, really, truly in my heart wanted to go to this reunion and never go. And I am just going to go, even though it might be uncomfortable. That is soul nourishing because that's an aligned decision and an aligned action in terms of aligned to your truth the truth of who you want to be in the world. But then after the reunion, let's look at where, how, like these are questions to ask yourself, how could I have nourished my soul instead of escaping into food? How could I have nourished my, like done soul nourishing activities that would have shifted my emotional state so that 
I wouldn't keep falling into the food and escaping from my emotions. So this relates to kind of what I was talking about, you know, just shifting your emotional state, getting clear on um, what do you value, like your true values in your life. What do you value most in your life? And how at that moment, instead of escaping into food, escaping your feelings into food, how could you have showed up for yourself in that moment and lived according to your true values? So it's, it's getting clear on like those true hungers for your life in terms of what do I, that's just the question, what do I value most in my life? And how in this moment, when I'm feeling these feelings bubble up, how can I, I stay, how can I stay aligned to my truth? Where can I go? What can I do? What action can I take in this moment to stay aligned to my true values. Like, so it's getting clear, like, what do you value most in your life more than anything else? Like your top three and just always having those front and center and like filtering every decision you make through those values. Like for myself, my top three values, my top two are health. That is my absolute number one value is my health. My number two is freedom. And my number three is inner peace. Those are my top three values. And so anytime I'm making a decision of whether is this decision for me or against me, I filter it through those values. Will this decision be healthy for me? Nourishing physically, mentally, emotionally like that. Um, and freedom, does this decision lead to more restriction in my life or will it lead to more freedom in my life? And then, you know, as far as my inner peace, just that's the question. Like what I decide to do, is that going to lead to more inner peace in my life or is it going to lead to feelings of more stress in my life? And so everybody has their own values in their life. So, you know, some people, their number one value is family. A lot of people, their they do have a high value of health. And, you know, for me, my fourth value is probably either my family or my work. You know, for me, because I am a single independent woman and I love my family dearly, but I don't have like immediate family with me. Um, Family is not my top value. I don't have children or a spouse and that sort of thing. So I don't have, like, I love my sisters and my father is still alive and I have a brother and they're very, very important to me. But when it comes to my, like, my day-to-day, everyday life, they're not my number one value just because they're not here. So... That was that's a bit of a tangent, but what I'm getting at is like each one of you listening, get really crystal clear on what are my top values so that all the decisions you make every day, day to day, from brushing your teeth to how you dress to, you know, just literally to, to what you eat, you know, filter that through your value system. Keep that front and center so that you make the most aligned and true choices for yourself. Okay. Um, and then when you're feeling pulled to make maybe an unaligned decision, like to go binge on food, how can you pull yourself into like, no, these are my standards, like according to your values. How can you create an argument for yourself why you don't have to binge based on your standards? 
So really tap into, like if family is maybe a top value, if that is for you, why it does not serve my family for me to go binge on this food? That would be a way to tap into creating an argument against the binging. If your health is your a, a top value, why creating an argument for yourself? Why, you know, the binging is not how you align to your health. So just always filtering it through that. Or your like of inner peace. Like for me, it's just like nothing is worth my inner peace. <laughs> and, and, and believe me, I came out of an eating disorder, so I know what it feels like to feel uncontrolled around food. And it is a process to regain that control. But everything that I shared and brought up are ways that you do that. And so... Yeah, so that's the what I would have that's what I would say about was I lacking in self-nourishment? Those are the areas for you to look at. Um and then you say I'm slowly getting back to the eating choices that are best for me. Fabulous. And unpacking what the situation has to teach me. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you brought this question up. I am so glad that you just do the work. That's the most important thing. If you continue to do the work, if you continue to show up and ask the questions, if you continue to do the reflection and gain rather than just what you're not doing, it sounds like you're not beating yourself up. And maybe if you are, I know that you recognize that that's never going to serve you, right? That we want to reflect on it rather than just like, beat ourselves up about it because the beating up this the self-criticism never ever will get you anywhere so all of you listening I want you to remember that if self-criticism is a habit for you that is an essential habit to break if self-judgment is a habit for you that is an essential habit to break to find your peace with food. So I think that's all I have to say about it. Um, if you listen to this, any of you, if any of you, even if you're not the person who asked the question, if any of you relate to it or, you know, stuff from of your own relationship with food has come up, be sure to post those questions because I can do future lives to answer follow-up questions. Um, yeah, so that was the only question we had today for today's live. I have some other questions that I was maybe going to uh, talk about, but we're already about 40 minutes in, so I think that's good. And this was a, like a powerful, packed question that I got to touch on <laughs> so many different things. So I think we'll leave it at that. But yeah, and these are all things that we do in the peace process. That's the last thing that I will say is if you feel chaotic with food, if you have a lot of food noise and chatter in your head, like if food is just an inner challenge for you in terms of your mind and your emotions but also in terms of your behaviors, if they feel stressful or chaotic, that's where the peace process would be perfect for you. It's where you can find your inner peace and your outer peace with food once and for all. And we address all sorts of things that I touched on today. Those are all things that we would address in the peace process. So it's creating your peace and calm with food by breaking free from the food noise, the food anxieties the food obsessions, the food chatter, and then your outer peace with food coming in as any sort of chaotic eating behaviors like emotional eating, like stress eating, like binging, however you describe it for yourself, all become resolved. 
through what I teach in the peace process. And once again, in the peace process, I talk about nourishing your true hungers, kind of like what I went through in the Q&A today, being able to see and distinguish, and I give you the tools and then the information and what you need to know to be able to decipher and distinguish what is a false way of thinking, what is a true way of thinking, what's the depriving way of nourishing my body versus the truly nourishing way of nourishing my body. Um, Because so often the things that we're taught about nourishing our body are actually the exact things that cause us to emotional eat, that cause us to stress eat, to binge. There's a lot of false teachings, I'll say, out there in our dieting culture that create incredible problems in our relationship with food. And these, so these are all things that you're going to become aware of in the peace process. It's a very holistic approach to your relationship with food, body, mind, soul. So you're learning how to nourish your true hungers for your body, for your mind, for your soul. First, being able to understand and recognize what's a false hunger and what's a true hunger, and then learning how to nourish true hungers instead of falling and defeating false hungers. So we're looking at you as a whole person. We're looking at what is happening in your body nourishment. Are you stuck in dieting mentality sorts of thinking that's also causing ways of restricting or depriving yourself in your relationship with food that's causing things like overeating? We're going to look at all of that. What's happening with your mind nourishment? Are you living in mental chatter that is taking you to where you truly want to go in your relationship with food and just in your life overall as well? Or are you ruminating in thoughts and stories that are perpetuating your sort of behaviors with food? We get clear on that so that you can begin to shift your ways of thinking so that you don't so easily fall into these chaotic eating patterns. And what's happening with your soul nourishment? Where are you feeling a little bit deprived in your life and perhaps because of that turning to food as a source of pleasure or excitement or relaxation? And how can we do more of those soul nourishing activities so food loses its pull as a form of entertainment, as a form of soothing, relaxation, however that looks? That's what we do for soul nourishment. So we get clear on where is there deprivation and deprivation happening for you in any or all of those areas. And you learn how to remedy that. First, you once again understand like through the teachings that I teach clearly, oh, what's a false hunger versus a true hunger, whether it's body, mind, soul. And then learning how to really consistently nourish yourself in all areas. Because once your body, mind, and your being are no longer living in a stressed state, that inner peace with food comes in. Like there's no more chatter about food, food fears, food anxieties, just the constant thinking about food, what to eat, what not to eat, how to eat, like all of that goes away. And also the outer calm with food, meaning things like binging, things like stress eating, things like emotional eating, however you label it, falling off the wagon, falling off track, however you label it, that all goes away. And once that peace and calm with food arrive, you learn how to sustain it. And it's really, really, really easy to sustain when you're consistently nourishing yourself from truth. So when you're really honoring your body and connected to your body and what it's asking you to eat versus following some outside system plan or rule about how to eat. Um, When you're feeding your body's true hungers, it's really easy to sustain that nourishment 
when you're nourishing your mind's true hungers, when you really get skilled at understanding your false ways of thinking and 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 like your true ways of thinking, true ways of thinking once again being deliberately choosing the thoughts and practicing thinking the thoughts that actually take you to where you want to go and who you want to be in the world and how you want to feel. When you get skilled at being able to think the way you need to think to have those results that you want to have, it's very natural and easy to sustain the results that you do create. There's no more ever again falling off the wagon. There's no more of the scale going up and down type of thing. Um, And then sustaining soul nourishment. A lot of this has to do with your relationship with yourself. When you have a really, really strong relationship with yourself, you're going to be more likely to do those soul nourishing activities for yourself just naturally. However, if you have a very not so loving relationship with yourself or where you always put yourself last or you only people please and like you're always kind of not important either because of how you're afraid the world will perceive you or like outside people is what I mean or just because you don't believe in yourself in a certain way or believe in um, your own worthiness Anytime we're lacking in terms of our relationship with ourselves, it's going to have all these sorts of symptoms that come up. This can look like people pleasing, overachieving, overfunctioning, over overworking, overdoing. I mean, when we don't have a good relationship with ourselves, it typically leads to all sorts of things that cause us to feel depleted in our life. So if you're a person who often feels depleted or exhausted or just totally stressed out, that is a good indication that in some way you're not making yourself a priority and your well-being a priority. So that all plays into the soul nourishment. We got to work on your relationship with yourself too so that your soul is continually being nourished because you're living in alignment to who you want to be in the world and you're not defaulting to outside people, circumstances to tell you how to live or tell you how to take care of yourself or how you shouldn't take care of yourself. Like basically, you're not allowing the outside world to tell you who you should be or how you should live. And when that is no longer happening. Like if you are a person right now who really falls into allowing the outside world to tell you who to be and how to live and that causes stress for you, when that is all remedied, that will directly impact your relationship with food as well. So these are all the types of things that we work on in the peace process. And so right now it's open for early enrollment like I've talked about before, we're still on pre-sale pricing of 3333-3333. So if you join on pre-sale, which is now and into January, it will be going up in January. I will announce before the price goes up. But if you join now, you will get the lowest price. And also, if you join now, you get to start right away with private coaching with me. So private calls that will fit into the calendar and also Voxer with me. Voxer is just a voice messaging app where you can leave voice messages and also text messages. So we can literally chat back and forth right now and I can support you as you begin the journey of finding your peace with food. Uh, When we go live later on at the end of January, there's going, it's going to be over the course of four months, eight group support coaching calls about two a month. You'll get a private deep dive call with me where we get to work on and break through whatever you need to break through at that moment. Uh, And then the group Voxer chat. So once again, there'll be a a Voxer group chat where you get to be with your sisters, the other women who are on the journey with you, um, support, 
And I'm also there too. So I'm answering questions and providing feedback and giving my own support for whatever is coming up for you on the day to day in a, you know, on the app, in addition to the coaching calls. So you have access to me between the coaching calls and then there's going to be program teaching modules that you get to listen to on your own time. And those teaching modules, which have, you know, a lot of the foundational elements of that you need to learn and practice, um, you have lifetime access to that once you enroll. So that is the peace process. And if you are interested or you just have questions about it, email me or message me. The easiest thing to do if you're watching this on Facebook is probably just to message me. I'm also on Instagram. Feel free to message me at Rebecca Laurel Hill on Instagram. Or if email is more your thing, email me at hello at Rebecca Laurel Hill dot com. All right. Thank you so much for all of you who are either watching the replay and really absorbing these teachings, really showing up for yourself. I honor you. That is the most important thing. And I'm signing off. And once again, don't forget, if you do have more questions as you listen to the replay, please post them so that I can support you. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, I just want to quickly mention about the peace process. This is the last week to join on presale on Saturday, January 20th. The price will be going up to the early bird price of 4444 4444. There are payment plans available. If you want to discuss that with, with me, just reach out to me. And then the final week of January, price will be going up to regular price. So that is the information on the piece process and how the pricing is working. If you have any questions at all, you know where to find me. Have a fabulous week. Bye-bye. Hello, beautiful listeners. If you enjoyed what you heard on today's episode, if you had some breakthroughs or an aha moment, I would absolutely love to hear what those were. Tag me at Rebecca Laurel Hill on Instagram, or you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me get an idea of what's landing, what you want to hear, and more of what you want to go deeper on so that I can serve you at the highest level. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Let's all rise and change this world together by living as truly nourished women. Thank you again for being here. I'll talk to you in the next episode.